0: Many of us have monitoring on our fingers with the rings that are tracking our data. It makes total sense that our clothes would also do the same and maybe even begin to help us to forecast health and wellness. I think the potential is quite vast.
1: Welcome to the Amplifying Cognition podcast. I am Ross Dawson, a futurist and entrepreneur fascinated by the unlimited potential of the human mind. In this podcast, we learn from amazing people how to think better and build better organizations in our massively accelerating world explore what's possible, how to augment ourselves, and ultimately, who we can become. In addition to the podcast, we apply the insights from our guests to develop useful tools and resources. These include the Thought Weaver app for better thinking with AI, the Humans Plus AI community with a wonderful group of explorers and extensive learning resources, my AI-enhanced thinking and decision-making cohort course, corporate programs, and a lot more. So to find out about these or to access a whole host of free resources, our newsletter and uh, much more, just go to amplifyingcognition.com. And if you like the episode, please subscribe and rate the podcast. That will help others to find it. Now to today's episode. On this episode, we learn from Sasha Wallinger. Sasha is the founder of Blockchain Style Lab, a team of strategists, researchers and world builders that provides Web3 advisory services and acts as Chief Marketing Officer for major brands. She's led global teams for brands such as H&M and Nike, and recently launched the Gucci Superplastic NFT Collectibles. Her passion for translating art and science, nature and culture, and design and data is evident in this conversation. In this episode, we talk about the intersection of fashion and technology, surfacing hidden connections, the intersection of nature and culture, Nurturing Minds, and far more. You can find out more about her work at SashaWollinger.com. That's S-A-H-A-W-A-L-L-I-N-G-E-R.com. Stay tuned for a wonderful conversation with Sasha Wallinger. Sasha, it's a delight to have you on the show.
0: Thank you. I'm thrilled to be with you.
1: So, you talk about creativity, community, and collaboration as central to your work and interests. So tell tell me more.
0: Sure, I mean I think they're huge topics, and that's why they're potentially suitable for all that I'm attempting to achieve. Um, they come from the the desire to connect both nature and culture, the desire to weave together fashion, sustainability, and technology, and truly just to enjoy um, that which I do with with a bunch of people. So um, for. Creativity. Um, I really take a lot of inspiration from design and art and, and music and all areas of creativity, but also have been as a, a natural scientist immersed in bioscientific material and biomimicry and, and areas in those different ways that we look outside of the expected into places that can be a little bit unique and unexpected. So I think that creativity allows me to have a dialogue with artisans, both accomplished artists and and -and up-and-coming artists, but also look to nature for for inspiration too when having those discussions. Um, And then to, to develop community, I mean, I really do enjoy bring people together. I enjoy having conversations. And certainly as a journalist, I really love listening to people's stories. So that's how I find community is really woven to the thread of what I'm up to, both as a marketeer and a communicator, but also as a a curious individual who's constantly learning and, um, and learning in community. I don't think it's great to only learn in silos. So trying to blend more of the learnings with groups that I'm able to be a part of. And then collaboration is I think increasingly just the name of the game holistically across whatever space industry reality you're choosing to be a part of um, either, you know, I, I won't go into this a little bit more, but I, I traverse both the physical and virtual worlds where I do feel like collaboration is critical and um, helps us as a society and, and uh, I guess a, a world to move forward. So that's, just
1: the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> well, there's so, so much to dig into there, but maybe let's start with that intersection of the virtual and the physical, I suppose, across those domains. So, yes, collaboration, people being able to work together to do more. So wh- what if, I mean, I'd like to hear specifics around, you know, the work you do and what you've been doing around how it is we can collaborate or be more creative or foster communities uh, in You know, intersections of virtual and physical worlds?
0: Sure. I think that's a very um, pertinent and and important question to unpackage. Uh, I became interested in the connection between virtual and physical worlds before the pandemic, but certainly understood the potential for that type of ecosystem to be fostered in fast track speed during the time at which we were so siloed and so um, on our own, let's say, in our own different worlds and almost um, forced into (laughs) a sense of a a metaverse or an ecosystem that was virtual and physical towing line at the same time. So on Zoom calls or even um, meeting up with friends um, in gaming ecosystems and, um, and having had a fashion sustainability background. Saw how um, difficult it was to actually connect with brands, um, museums, even entertainment spaces that meant so much to me in the physical while I had to be, um, you know, more virtual as a result of being home and, and sheltering in place. And so um, I think what was really interesting to me was all of the different tools that struck up during that time. I was able to um, work in the virtual to physical connection space as the chief marketing officer of Superplastic during the pandemic and actually helped Gucci um, to launch a Discord channel, but also um, helped to bring to life the Gucci um, NFT. And so I saw firsthand the hurdles that would be uh, needed to be traversed, you know, and, and really it's translation. Um, to build about the the why behind a heritage brand like Gucci coming online in a very tech forward way. But then I also saw the opportunity. And so that was the, the creativity, right? And that being nimble um, and some really great team members, part of the Gucci team really were forward thinking in that regard and were brave to take on that pursuit. But what they did was they built a community and they built a a community that was um, down-aging the brand, but also welcoming people to discover Gucci in a whole different way. So those types of, Um, moments helped to reaffirm the commitment to fusing technology, creativity, fashion, you know, just even the opportunity to have a dialogue with the IP of a brand um, in a new and different way. I think that was very striking. And that led to a variety of different other projects and undertakings, but that was a really great snapshot of bringing the sensory experience into a, a technical, based organization um, like a Discord channel or even like a Roblox ecosystem to begin to fuse that which we observe um, from a cultural background and kind of what we project onto what technology could and should be and how to open that up into the possibilities of what it can become.
1: So what did the community, the Gucci community look like? What Was was that with Avatar-based or... What was that sorry you mentioned Discord?
0: Yeah, it was stood up initially in Discord. However, it connected to a NFT that was um, a physical virtual connect, so both a, a digital collectible as well as a physical item. And I say that because I think that really set the precedent. This was early on. Um, this was back when NFTs were pretty new, um, but it set the precedent of that physical to virtual connect. Um, the community itself was. Really just amazing to witness the growth from zero to 60,000 in such a short period of time in a really active community, a really vibrant community, a community that fostered the um, commitment of one another to uphold certain Um, championship of each other, a certain um, creative inspiration, and then also guiding one another. I mean, Discord was pretty new for a lot of people at that point in time. And so what it helped people become is ambassadors and guides to one another and take the ownership of leadership in these spaces that they were just discovering too. So it was a very um, vibrant time and exciting and neat to see some of the other projects that have cropped up as a result of that and other projects that have been um, inspired by that type of climate. I think that that doesn't have to also just span fashion or retail. I think that there's been a lot of advancements in health and wellness communities. I think there's been a lot of advancements across um, CPG ecosystems. Um, Taco Bell held a wedding in the metaverse for the first time during that period of time. And so I think there's quite a bit of ways to to come together and draw inspiration from some of those moments.
1: Yeah, it's, inter- it's interesting, this idea of, you know, brand, brand but brand is a place where ideation happens in a way, you know, the, the you know, community co-creates the brand. I mean, that's the way they if we try to link it with the amplifying cognition, I mean, that's where you can say, well, you know, it's not just a brand we're pushing it out there, but this is a place of co-creation. And I think that's an interesting thing. But to hop, hop about a bit, since there's so many things to cover, I want to go back to the creativity in this idea of aug- augmenting creativity. So what, what thoughts do you have on how it is we can individually or collectively be more creative.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I get asked this question a lot and I have to take us back to the industrial revolution where, um, you know, especially as a textile and fashion historian, a lot of progress was made in a quick period of time through technology augmenting um, creativity. And if you think about the mills and the different um, looms and textiles that were formulated during that point in time and how exponentially scale was achieved around, you know, many industries due to tools and technologies that now we would find archaic, but at that point in time were revelatory. So it hasn't, it's not this first time that we're looking to enhancements and and stepping into this experiential moment and and immersing ourselves with new technologies, but it's just such a different world. And and of course, you know, catapulting, you know, further and further into what's possible. I think it's really exciting to think about Humans and tools coming together. Like, that's what's led all anthropological <laughs> pursuits and understanding, you know, about the evolution of cognition for so many um, generations and years and periods of life, you know, that we know it as humans on Earth. I think it's really important to reflect during those times that we're lucky to be living in these really exciting times. However, sometimes we don't have as much perspective in those moments. So, to think about something like AI. Um, AI has been used for many, many years. A technology like RFID or NFC chipping; those types of things have been implemented into a lot of the different tools and technologies like our credit cards or frictionless checkout that we're seeing now come to life. However, um, the consumer is much more cognizant and has the ability to be much closer to those types of tools. So it's not simply just, you know, from the, from the analogy of the industrial revolution, the, the mills in Lowell, Massachusetts that had the capacity to quick produce textiles, but it's the individual at home at this point in time. So the onus becomes on the individual but yet there's a lot of attention of course on the first to market players and actors. So we talk about Meta, we talk about Google, we talk about uh, open AI groups and things like that. And they get a lot of attention, um, but what I'm most keen on is the individual players and the people who are coming up, the Gen Alpha, Gen Z creators, who are experimenting and just take into account the um, these types of tools, you know name your name your emerging technology um, tool in to their creative journeys and as they develop um, AI uh, visualized photo shoots or um, product that's become, influenced by a DALI or, um, you know, different tools and technologies of open AI, um, chat, GPT prompts or such. I think it's really interesting to see that confluence. And I do think it has to be clarified that it's a confluence of human plus data, tools, technologies, not one over the other.
1: Are there any examples in particular that have you found inspiring uh, in the last while of examples of that?
0: Yeah, I was just at the um, NRF event in in New York and um, was really struck. There were a couple of really interesting, small but mighty um, moments. The first uh, was from CEF actually where, Um, Microsoft just added the co-pilot key to their keyboard. So that's a moment that's very simplistic, but when you think in the movement through time of a new key being put on a Microsoft keyboard, that's that's radical, right? And that's a totally different way of operating. Um, And then looking also, so at NRF, I was able to see the Yves Saint Laurent um, fed through the technology of Choosing um, on a screen a lip color that then gets physically uh, imported into a compact, so a, a little makeup area. That comes through in a physical form, where you can choose a lip color that you actually get, receive, and then can travel with. So, these moments that are really um, in our day to day—you know, just choosing what you're going to type on your keyboard, um, assembling what you're going to wear as a as a lip shade—that are being enhanced by technology are, um, I think, really interesting. As far as the um, young designers, there's a lot of different shows and different uh, moments that are coming up um, in February with Fashion Month. Copenhagen's working with Spin um, Fashion to do some really exciting moments across the fashion space that are going to be AI-aided. And um I think we'll see a lot across the fashion month to um to take note of in how um different digital fashion weeks occur um across the globe, truly. And then those just continue to inspire young designers to create and, and come into community to be able to um continue to re envision materialization and what the future of fashion holds.
1: Yeah, well that's actually it's I'm I'm very interested in technology-infused clothing, and so uh, so we've had uh, cute circuits, I think it was, and yeah, you know, which and it's what what amazes me is that it's why is why don't we all have technology-infused clothing by now? You know, it's like there's and there's a, a few examples of really good stuff, but there's not much really. And it's just been so slow to come. I kind of think, well, this is the future waiting to happen. So I'd love to hear any thoughts around technology-infused clothing that you've uh, seen or what you see the potential for that is.
0: Well, I love that because I actually came into um, bioscientific material research because I was interested in designing for outer space, for when we come into the outer space worlds and want to not just um, look lovely but also be practical. So I think there's a lot of different bioscientific materials that are out there that lend themselves to um, haptic integration. Um, there's the there's the um, lab-created silks. There are mushroom-created leathers. I mean, there's just, again, I mentioned biomimicry because I think there's just so much possibility for, for regenerative agriculture to play a role in this conversation. And I do think it's important to go there. But um, just with what you're sharing, I mean, I think like, if I happen to be a, f- a football fan um, and had an NFC chip that was embedded onto a jacket that I was wearing into a football stadium when I'm going to see a match, I can get keyed up with um, different prompts as to um, certain events that are occurring, other friends that are going to be there, you know, at the actual match. Um, maybe if there's a meetup of a player to meet them, you know, I think the possibilities are endless. And I agree with you that that technology embedded uh, apparel is really an exciting horizon to surmount. And I think it also takes into account the opportunity to look into health and wellness. I mean, we do, many of us have monitoring um, either on our our fingers with the rings or um, I'm trying to be um, brand agnostic but like you know on our wrists that are tracking our data it makes total sense that our clothes would also do the same and maybe even begin to regulate our temperatures and um, help us to forecast health and wellness across the variety of ecosystems that we traverse so I think it's I think the potential is quite vast.
1: Taking a very quick break this podcast is just one facet of our work to amplify human cognition. If you're interested in thinking better in a world of overload, using AI to augment yourself, finding like-minded thinkers or improving your organization's performance, just go to amplifyingcognition.com. We'll find a wealth of free resources and useful tools. Now, back to the show. So you've already touched on it in a couple of ways, but you mentioned initially this idea of you know nature and culture. And yeah, you know, to that brings first thing that brings back to mind is Gregory Bateson's book Mind and Nature, a necessary unity, I think the subtitle was. And so what does that mean for you in this idea of nature and culture? And I think how culture today could very well be uh positively informed by nature and it's uh, it's wisdom. So, where can we go to from there?
0: Yeah, I love that reference. Um, I haven't read that book, but I, I was um, my my bachelor's is in nature and culture, and that was actually the pursuit of of my undergraduate degree. And, and and what that looked like was a fusion of the humanities. So Gary Snyder, who is a U.S. poet, who has quite a, a stronghold in um, in a reverence for the earth um, and a spiritual reverence for the earth, but uh, but a holistic reverence for the earth um, was one of my professors juxtaposed with the painter Wayne Wayne Thibault, who's very contemporary artist, um, happy colors, really um, interesting um, contemporary funk movement artist, as well as the um, microbiologist, Mark Wheelist and a geologist um, too. So, so I think that this, Preconceived notion that there are silos to that 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 separate nature and culture was really early on, um, I guess, dispelled for me. I grew up on the East Coast of the United States, where there's um, Walden Woods, um, where famously, you know, uh, Thoreau kind of went to be with nature and commune. And so, there just was never this disconnect. So, I think actually, I had to reassemble the understanding of why these two ways of thinking or even areas of thinking were disconnected and then look around um we did a lot of work early days research around dominion and um how humans come into natural spaces and i think that that's really impacted the work that i do you know the foresight strategy that i work on today in the sense of understanding um let's you know not to get too um invested in a, in a certain disposition, but who was here first, you know, on the land and, and how nature has a really um, important role in all that we are and do and to have a reverence for that. So so I really like to um, share the Iroquois um, precept of, you know, we're thinking about seven generations ahead, especially when we think about technology and, and we think about the impact on our earth. So I think there's a lot of different natural resources that we can draw from and, give to as we're creating the future. And, and I, it wasn't any, um, you know, happenstance that I mentioned outer space and the different areas that we potentially will traverse in hopefully our, our time and our children's time and, and just being able to carry the goodwill with us as we emb- embark into those exciting journeys.
1: So in terms of your own personal practices for, you know, living in a world of unlimited information, using technology to... Enhance your work, your creativity, your thinking, your mood. I mean, what what are some of the your personal practices to uh, to amplify or augment yourself?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important. Actually, most of the time that I take away <laughs> from the digital, like you know, digital detoxes, I think I'm really intentional about those. Um, we try as a family. I have a, a young child and, and my husband, and I try to go. Um, at least once a week on a hike, being in nature. And, um, you know, you can never get too far away. But however, I do think it's really important to have perspective. In those moments, as I mentioned earlier, have um, creative inspiration. But um, but certainly being so invested, I mean, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about the future. And um, when you're thinking about the future, you are thinking, you know, about different avatars and different ways of receiving, you know, a myriad of things sustenance health wellness you know um information and and collecting that information so i think being able to to separate the um the reality from um from what could be i guess is very grounding to me personally and i do think that mindfulness practice has always been a critical component of my life and it has kept me anchored and rooted both again in a reverence for the present moment, but also an understanding why um, that's so important as we look to the to the future, to reflect upon the past too. So, um, yeah, I think um, we we talked a little bit before we we started to record around, um, you know, just this interplay between humans and data, and I think we're all athletes in one respect that have this amazing computer in our minds and our bodies so remembering to nurture that and to fuel that and to power up is really important
1: yes absolutely you know it's our health of our mind and part of it is is they say giving it the space which it needs the you know we get caught and pulled into busyness in all sides Uh, and so we have to be volitional about you know say all right well let's, let's switch out for a little bit and uh, see where that g- takes us so wh- where where are you working on now, and what is what's exciting you in in your current projects or where those might go?
0: Yeah, thank you. I mean, I think one day I just got back um from a lot of info grabbing and information with various tech conferences and just kind of understanding what the future holds and um And also, at this point in time, I'm really interested in. Um, entertainment and immersive um, experiential moments due to a lot of things, not just Apple Vision Pro's headset. However, I think that that connectivity and spatial computing is going to be really interesting to watch, not simply just in in one's own home, but how different developers and designers are creating for that new tool, as well as um, how people begin to interact, given that they're going to potentially have a headset on um, for a large portion of at least some of the, the month of February for, for a lot of time. So thinking about that is really captivating to me. And then also um, thinking about how we, so so thinking about how we create with that in mind, but also thinking about how, um, again, I mentioned health and wellness, how that cycle of um, boomers and as we age, um, millennials, Gen X, YZs are coming into an ecosystem in which Um, There isn't this uh, apprehension to have a virtual health assistant or have voice AI affiliated um, help with health and wellness moments. I think we're going to see a lot of that confluence of mindfulness and wellness come to life um, quickly, actually, um, based on what I just saw within a technological aided circumstance and so thinking how we bring the complexities of being human aided by technology into that space I think that's going to require quite a bit of thought and then lastly like I'm always going to be um, a champion of of fashion and sustainability and so I'm really looking forward to seeing um, the shows coming up and seeing how designers incorporate so many moments from, um, from technology into their collections. I think um, Pharrell Williams did a really interesting pixelated collection two seasons ago, and Tommy Hilfiger always does a really interesting job bringing in um, the Web3 crowd. So looking forward to seeing how that's presented on runway coming up.
1: So in terms of <clears throat> and, you know, just this theme of amplifying cognition, you know how it is we think individually and collectively so i mean what is your you know what is your advice to you know the our listeners as to how it is they can amplify their cognition or directions or ideas or frames which could be useful
0: Sure. I don't think I have it all figured out, but I can offer um, two juxtapositions. One, I'm a voracious reader and um, the people who continue to impress me are also voracious readers. I think that reading however you choose to read, so important to hear and and see and learn the stories of different realities and different individuals and just be informed and keep informed um, and keep learning, you know, kind of goes without saying, but a lifelong learner. I think that that helps to be able to um, then, as I mentioned, like take a pause, take time to collect one's thoughts and be able to um, understand what amplification of cognition looks like to you. There's so many different moments now. I mean, I'm in close to Silicon Valley in California. And a lot of our um, senior level tech executives are prolonging their lives by different, um, aided and, you know, different tools and technologies. So if we're going to be around for a longer time, which sounds great, um, we're going to have to have a lot more stuff to talk about and, and to stay connected to that, um, continual, well, not of just youth, but of, um, information. So I'm excited about that. And I think also um, finding one's passion. It's been extraordinarily validating to me to discover a lifestyle in which I can weave together things that were seemingly completely unconnected and bring that translation of how they can become connected. That's just absolutely the joy of my life. I've been called a hidden connections detective in that regard. And it's one of the nicest compliments I've received. So I think it's really exciting to truly, we have so much information at our fingertips and so much connectivity at this point in time to go about pursuing your passion and to go about really finding that authentic truth within who you are and how you can come out into the world. That's, that's the best advice I can offer.
1: So just to like dig in a little bit into that, into you to talk about the hidden connections. And I, and I think I think you're, you're absolutely right that the passion, you know, it's not as if all right, you pick from a list. You know, there's a long list of passions you could have all of that one. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's got to be unique to you. So you have to bring together the connections, which are your unique passion. So are there any ways that we can nurture our capability to see or to surface or to intuit those hidden connections.
0: Yeah, I think there are so many, and and I think they're unique to the individual. So, so I think you know, someone like myself, I could get down any rabbit hole, honestly, <laughs> that that somebody can take me on because I'm so inquisitive and so curious, and so, um, I guess um, I'm 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 not afraid of risk, um, but I do think that it's also important to understand how there's a multitude of voices and, and different um, ways of learning and, and knowing and specifically having managed um, global teams as a former chief marketing officer. Not every one of my team members and, and the teams that they then led felt comfortable going down those roads. So I think understanding different learning styles and having held um, various um, managerial positions, whatever, you know, you know, however, like just being in, in in the real <laughs> thick of it with individuals, you see how illuminating it can be for somebody who's um, like myself to be partnered with a, with a real planner, with somebody who can be really very grounded. So I think that I've learned a lot from colleagues and, and friends who have the uh, dexterity to, to really be systematic and logistical. And, and I hold a lot higher respect for that type of um, individual than I ever have having traversed through now a variety of scenarios where one needs that planning. So I think just, I mean, it kind of boils down to having reverence for our differences and having the patience to both learn and teach one another why um, different ways of perceiving knowledge and information and different paces of cognition and different um, amplification Abilities, you know, maybe some people don't care to orate and, you know, have a conversation like we're having now. Maybe they just want to listen. And I think that that's been um, something that has had more attention lately, um, that has been really powerful. And we can see the um, collective intelligence moving forward as a result of that. So making room for all different voices and minds um, into the conversation, I think that's very critical.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This was actually referencing Gregory Bateson again, who said that, you know, wisdom comes from multiple perspectives. You know, and that's uh, today more than ever we need that. So where can people go to find out more about your work, Sasha?
0: Sure, yeah, I'm um sashawallinger.com. I, I have a newly minted website, which you'll have to excuse because it's really new and really minted. Um, but I'm very active on LinkedIn as well, Sasha Wallinger. And um, and love hearing from people, their ideas. I mean, you can tell I'm, I'm truly a journalist and a, and a listener at heart. So really enjoy hearing your stories. And thank you for the time. Yeah. yeah, Thank
1: you so much for your time and your insights, Sasha. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want to dive deeper, access free downloads in our newsletter and discover useful tools, go to amplifyingcognition.com. Did you enjoy this episode? Please support us by taking 30 seconds to give us a rating or a one-sentence review. Thank you for your support, thank you for listening, and have a wonderful day.